A doctor friend of mine that lives by this quote, a healthy man has many wishes, an unhealthy man has one. And the reality is we have a very unhealthy population. You know, one in three Americans suffer from metabolic syndrome, one in two adult Americans suffer from insulin resistance. The obesity epidemic is an epidemic. Our testosterone epidemic is an epidemic. It's hard to shift the mindset to be preventative and proactive. And sometimes you got to get hit right in the face to say, I got to make some lifestyle changes. Episode 101. I bring in Josh Wallen, company called Blokes. Josh has been around the medical industry for several years now. He had a really cush job paying him 350K a year, but wasn't satisfied. So he wanted to venture out and do his own thing. His company, Blokes, will send out a registered nurse to you, take your blood, and go through your entire blood panel. They've got three tiers that you can choose from. And so either him or his team members will then get you on the phone, go through your panels, see what's high, see what's low, see what's good, see what's bad, tell you how to turn your life around and supplement you with clean supplements. I'd say if you're looking for a Christmas gift, this would probably be a good one. Start the year off right. Before we get to Josh, he did give us a promo code. You get 10% off if you use promo code Mike in checkout. That's at blokes.co. B-L-O-K-E-S dot C-O. Link will be in the show notes. Here's another tool and a tip on how we get better, how we get healthier. Let's do it. Josh Wallen with Blokes. Here we go. I've been looking forward to this. This is uh, exactly why I, I've done this this podcast. This podcast, if uh, I'm sure you don't know, it's a passion project of mine. I don't make any money doing yeah, anything. No. This is just like fun, fun for me and me to connect with people like you and the best is watching transitions for me. You know, you start here and then you end up here and it's like eventual triumph. Yep. You're, you're starting like, you know, where you really don't want to be, but you don't know how to get out of it. And in your case, sure. I, I think that's what happened to you. Yeah. Take us, take yeah. us, take us through it. I'll just give you the, the, the meat behind, you know, me. I mean, I've been in healthcare for 15 years and um, I've seen a fair amount of success and uh, worked with a big, massive med device company called Stryker. So they're like the second biggest in the world. And did well there. And then I became an entrepreneur in healthcare and did well and started and exited a few different businesses. And, you know, I was on my, my third business, which was stem cells, regenerative medicine. And uh, we were doing well there. I thought this was going to be another successful exit. And, and, uh, COVID hit and it changed our lives, um, personally, professionally, spiritually, the whole nine yards. We were treating a really unique condition. So we were treating osteoarthritis and uh, you have to understand that demographic to know how bad we were impacted by COVID because OA doesn't really start creeping in typically until you're in your 50s and 60s. So that demographic was super affected and super scared with COVID. So it not only did we get shut down from a regulatory standpoint for like a solid 60 days, we also got shut down because those people were dramatically affected. They weren't leaving the house. They were trying to figure out what the hell this, this COVID thing was. And, and, and if they were leaving the house, you know, it was, it was very sparse, but you know, we ended up changing our business dramatically. But what that allowed me to do was really start to hone in on myself 
and and me personally because i had been grinding man for like 10 11 years like and and, and really physically and mentally grinding like working my ass off stress levels were all over the place i had the the mantra of like work hard play hard boozed a lot taking doctors out like you know i i looked at my expense bill one year and i, I spent a few hundred thousand dollars on just doctor dinners and uh that caught up with me it finally caught up with me and i was a mess man i was 50 pounds overweight um i had zero sex drive i i just i didn't even give a shit about my physical appearance and you know to even think about the mental side of it was like a fart in the wind and that combination of COVID happening and me being forced to shut down was ultimately what allowed me to reflect and ultimately listen to my wife and understand like, man, I've changed, you know, it's been a chronic slow change. You know, it wasn't like it happened overnight and we had four miscarriages and, you know, four years and lots and lots of ups and downs in between that. And then we had two babies successfully with, without IVF, but we went through IVF. So like I was literally a different person on the other end of this. And then I finally, you know, decided to take some action uh, with nudging and nudging for my wife and, and went through the process and realized, you know, how fucked up our system was, how messed up our, our sick care system was. And I realized too, how bad my, my body and my mind was off and looking back now, now that I consider myself to be an expert in this space, my hormones were God awful, dude. I mean, not just my hormones, even like standard markers, like CBCs, complete blood count, CMP uh, things. I mean, my blood pressure was horrible. Like I'd go in and get IVs and they'd be like, man, your blood pressure is high. And I'm like, Oh, it's probably cause I'm boozing, you know? And you know, looking back, I was a mess. And, and what ended up happening is I came out on the other end of it and, and, started a business because of it because of my personal struggles and and then because of my personal wins like i physically mentally changed through these therapies that we now have and uh the entrepreneur in me is like man if i'm getting gaslit if i'm getting this type of treatment how many other people are both male and female the reality is it's a lot of people getting fucked from the system you know it's a it's a it's a big mess to be honest with you and, and I, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. We have failed Americans with preventative and proactive care. 100%, man. I, I say it all the time. Healthcare system, I ask. It's a complete sick care system. They want you sick. They want you down. They want you on pharmaceuticals. Dude, even even with, uh, with the time change, even the time change, in California, the time change, we voted on the time change and we're supposed to have it throughout the year, right? It's supposed to be, uh, the sun's supposed to be out longer. In my opinion, they want it the other way because they want you to be depressed. People straight up have seasonal depression. And when it's five yeah. o'clock pitch dark, what's going to happen? They're going to get on antidepressants and it's going to help the pharmaceutical industries. And if anytime, anywhere, just follow the money, anytime, anywhere, it, anything affects the pharmaceutical industries, just You'll, you'll find out what's happening. It's always, always at the end of the day, it's that. And then the politicians are getting fed by these guys all day yep. long, you know, and man, sick care system. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't know if you, I want to call it the luxury, but I've, I've had the ability to see so many different sides of healthcare and my transition has been a 180. Like before I got into healthcare, I was like, man, healthcare in America is amazing. And it really is. Mm -hmm. We do have 
I still think that, but there's still a lot of flaws in our system. But I, I've had the opportunity to sit in the operating room and, and see medical bills that we send to the hospital as med device companies. I've seen patient bills because I've owned and operated clinics that have taken insurance. We've been completely without insurance in certain clinics that I've owned and operated. I've seen laboratory side because I've owned and operated labs and pharmacies. So I've seen so many different sides of our healthcare system. And this is the first time in my life that I've been in this industry where I feel like we're on the right side of it. Mm. And, and I'll, and I'll preface that because we are literally given the keys to the consumer. We're saying, listen, you want to do this, do it. If not, don't do it. Is it cash paid? Yes. But 150 bucks to be on hormones, including your labs. That's like putting a gas of or a tank of gas in your car right now. That little $150 could change your life. And we're at least what I feel we're doing is we're just putting the guardrails on the patient to be doing it in a safe and consistent manner. But we're giving you guys, the consumer, the choice to say, I'm going to take this up or not. Whereas I look at our system now and you go into a primary care doc or an internal med doc, and if they're not practicing this way and they're putting you on an opiate or they're putting you on a medication, I'm going to almost guarantee you're going to be back for a different medication to solve a new issue that arose from that damn medication. That's sick care. Yep. No doubt about it. You mentioned the gas in the car. What my mentality is, it's 16 years old. Imagine this, Josh. Imagine that you have one car for the rest of your life at 16 years old. What are you going to do to that car? You're going to make sure you take care of every single day of that car. It's the same way of our bodies, man. You got to put the yeah. right oil in it. You got to put the right gasoline in it, right? And so make sure we're lubricated properly and we're working on all cylinders properly at all times. And people just don't realize it. I think people take their health serious when they're on a hospital bed or when the doctor's like, dude, you're dying. And that's when that's yeah. when everything gets serious. Yeah, man. I A doctor friend of mine, it lives by this quote, a healthy man has many wishes an unhealthy man has one. And the reality is we have a very unhealthy population. You know, one in three Americans suffer from metabolic syndrome. One in two adult Americans suffer from insulin resistance. You know, the obesity epidemic is an epidemic. Our testosterone epidemic is an epidemic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to shift the mindset to be preventative and proactive. And sometimes you got to get hit right in the face to, to say, I got to make some lifestyle changes. But to your point, like you have one fucking life. You have, I say one health because like that, this is your health. Like you have one set of health values. You got to take care of yourself. And, and the, the, the reality too is like, I live the life of an unhealthy individual and I'm living a healthier life. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You should always try to be better. But I can tell you, it's it's a much different, much full life when when I when I'm prioritizing my health. Yeah, our bodies are are awesome. They're such engines, man. We brutalize it, we destroy it, we drink, we eat bad. We're in bad relationships, and the next day's like, all right, I'm gonna give you another shot. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, just amazing <laughs> engines, man. I love bodies. I'm I'm I'm, I'm infatuated a, with it. It's incredible. I mean, think about this, man. I mean we've all had a bad hangover and we're like, I'll never fucking drink again. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. And, and you wake up that next morning and you're like, man, I I've never felt worse. 
And then all of a sudden, a day later, you're like, geez, I'm ready to go. Let's mm -hmm. go. I mean, and not even necessarily drinking, but just like your body recovers. It's it's a remarkable, remarkable machine. Yeah. Uh, how did you end up in the industry? Do you Are you an MD or do you have your PhD or anything like that or no? No, I'm not smart enough to be one of those, those initials, man. I, I've been on the business side for the last 15 years. I got started with Stryker and that was the, I guess, the step to being in healthcare. And, you know, Stryker is a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company and very well respected when it comes to med devices. And somewhat got recruited. A friend of mine who played college football at the school I went to, we were just sitting in Chicago and, you know, he knew I was kind of struggling with my job. And he's like, hey, man, I think he'd be really good at this. You should apply for this job that we have opening in Chicago. I was fortunate that, you know, there was, I mean, thousands of applicants and hundreds of face-to-face -face interviews that I was fortunate to get that position. Wow. And it took a lot of grit, a lot of work, but that was the start. You were on the sales side selling medical. I was. Devices. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I was selling to, you know, a specific niche of doctors, neurosurgeons, orthospine, interventional radiologists, and then pain management doctors. We had a really unique portfolio of what we offered to, you know, patients that were, you know, as in depth as being in the OR to being, you know, light pain interventional style procedures. But I had a very wide genre of physicians that we sold to. And you stepped away from Stryker and then you started the the company, the cell, you said cell, like a cell company. T take me through that. What was that? No. Yeah, no, man. I, so I love Stryker and I, and I created my own med device distributorship. Mm. What I did was I, I knew I was leaving something on the table. I didn't know how much. And I was like, man, if I don't do this now, I don't know when I'm going to do it. And everybody's like, what are you doing, man? You're making 350,000 bucks a year you're doing well at striker don't do that you got a great job and i just uh, honestly i felt unfulfilled i just it was like i gotta i gotta try this on my own i've learned so much and and i and i do thank striker for those years of just learning and absorbing and understanding the industry but you know i decided to just replicate what i was doing with different offerings. So I knew I had relationships. I thought I did. And I, and I knew I had like a hundred guys that I could call up doctor wise and say, Hey man, I'm doing this new thing. And, uh, I found products that were in their wheelhouse that I didn't think they had strong relationships with. And I just went back and I sold to them. I left striker and I said, Hey, I'm doing this. And, and I'll tell you, it was, it was, I thought going to be the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. Because for about six months, I, I had zero dollars coming in. I was literally about to fill out an unemployment application. And my mentor at the time was like, dude, don't give in. You're, you're, you're crushing. You're doing all the right things. It will eventually come together. And uh, then I got my first check. And it was like a couple thousand bucks. I'm like, yeah, let's go celebrate. I think I probably spent it all on, at the bar. And, uh, you know, the, then the next month it was 4,000. Next month it was eight. It was like, holy shit, all this, all these efforts and all this work uh, is starting to show. And, you know, it's kind of like a snowball, man. It, the, the, the first three months were just getting going. And then, you know, I was seeing the benefit of those first three months and the next three months. And, and I realized I could do it on my own. And, and then, you know, I exited that and kind of wrote a, a couple different ways with compounding pharmacies and, and, and then diagnostic labs, particularly blood and urine drug screen rode that wave and exited that. And, 
then I got into the regenerative medicine or the stem cell business. Okay. Were you married uh, with kids at the time when you when you uh, said no to no striker? No. Okay. No, man. I. Okay. Th- you know, it's funny. I, I I wonder now. I I probably wouldn't have left. Yeah, you got this cush. You. you got I, this cush job, man. <laughs> like, totally, bro. Come yeah, on. my wife would have been like, "What are you doing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna divorce you if you do that." But you know what's what's interesting about that time period is it, it kind of was I think in my DNA and I just didn't realize it. Like I I look back now and I've from an entrepreneur standpoint I've been fortunate, but I've also been fortunate to have the right mindset to just go out and say fuck it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And not everything that I've done has actually turned out well. In fact, it, there's been a lot of failure, but. I know from a mental perspective, if I don't go out and do it on my own and try, that's going to eat me up more than the potential loss or failure. 350K a year is no joke. What part of you, I know you said it, it wasn't fulfilling, but what you're still in the same medical industry. Sometimes, most of the time, people are like, man, I don't like this industry. I want to get out of here. What was it about you sticking in the industry? Was it more of you just kind of wanting to keep your own schedule and not listen to anybody or fill out reports or quotas? What I can equate medical device sales to versus a lot of other things I've done in the past is it's like the professional level of selling. It's it's a higher level and, and for a couple reasons. One, because you're selling very technical things. You're, you're selling these technical widgets that are life-saving in, in many cases to, to patients, but then you're selling them to this really unique audience. Like it's, you're selling them to the top 1% of society from an income perspective, but you're also selling to the top 1% from a mental perspective. I mean, sitting down with a neurosurgeon, an orthospine guy that graduated ahead of their class, you know, in every category all, all through high school, is a different cell. It's it's a very professional, educated approach that also relies on trust and relationship building. What I realized is that I had a knack for that. Mm-hmm. I had a knack for selling at a high level and selling widgets that were worth a lot of money. So for me, it was like, okay, if I can do this with the top 1% in society, keep doing it. I saw the opportunity in the fact that I felt I was leaving opportunity on the table by not being my own boss. Even though I was my own boss, I was running the whole state of Colorado for a striker and having striker, you know, on your chest or on your back is, is a, is a huge tool. And I realized that pretty quickly because they're like, what the hell are you doing? What, what's this product you're now repping? Never even heard of it. And then I really had to, you know, man up and see how, how good my relationships actually were. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was more about, I had a good company. I had a good job. I just felt like I was leaving something on the table, man. Mm. Amazing. Uh, let's get into blokes. I want to start from, from ground zero and I want to find out from step one, how this whole thing works. And at any age, like if, if you've got a 70 or 80 year old, can they still go through the, the, this program? Yeah, man. I, so when we first started, we, we were really solely driven on like two things, TRT and peptides. And we realized pretty quickly that we were leaving a, a whole segment of people off. And partially 
because we were also going through this ourselves. Like we always saw the benefits of labs, like really good diagnostic labs, but we weren't really pushing it the way we are pushing it now. And once we added that, it opened up our, our network of, of who we could treat, who we could see and why. And, and now we, we look at it as, and we built this ecosystem, whether it's daily supplements, smart supplements, targeted supplements to diagnostic labs, to hormone therapy, to uh, peptide therapy. We built this ecosystem to where we should be targeting anybody who's in their early twenties to their, you know, late sixties, really. I mean, to me, it's, it's more about, are you ready to take your health to another level? I mean, we're not a protein company. We're not a supplement company. We are taking your biomarkers and we are utilizing them to your advantage and ours to, to make you feel better. So for me, I, I look at guys and, and I, and I have these conversations when I'm at restaurants or, you know, talking to a server, I'm like, now is the time to start getting at least your baseline labs, whether you take actions, totally a different thing but you should be at least looking at that. Now, fast forward to the 60 year old, we're probably looking at treatments. We're probably looking at labs differently. We're probably looking at symptoms differently. So we just built out this, this, this fun, you know, sandbox for a lot of guys just to thrive and, and live better and healthier lives. And who do you have checking these, uh, these numbers? Our process is, is pretty simple. You got three labs that you can pick from. The reason for three is it's based off of preference. And then price point, you know, we have $99 lab that covers about 40 markers. We have a $249 lab that covers close to 60. And then we have, you know, the, the, the Bentley, which is 74 plus biomarkers, which is 599. So it depends on the depth and your budget, but all of them suffice in many different scenarios. And then we have the option to send a nurse or phlebotomist to your house with about 60 to 70% of the United States coverage just really depends on geography. And if not, we have access to 5,000 different draw stations between Quest and LabCorp, which are two Fortune 500 companies in the, in the country. Once those are, are ran through th those, those channels, we have a clinician that oversees that, that looks at the labs, we leverage existing artificial intelligence to help us determine whether those ranges are suboptimal or optimal. And you get a nice report, you know, up to 40, 50 pages, depending on the depth. And then you get supplemental recommendations based off of that. So we, we leverage a lot of different people, a lot of different systems, a lot of different labs to be able to help us make those decisions. And so is it going to be like on a nutritionist level, you're going to, are you going to tell the patient not what to eat? how to drink, what to do, you know, I mean, everybody's different. It's not a one size fits all program. So by the, uh, by what you guys receive, you would then tell the patient as to what to do. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's a couple schools here. One is symptoms and we get a lot of symptoms from the patient's health history. The, the reality is we believe that majority of symptoms and majority of issues can be solved through healthier hormones. And, and that's just not sex hormones, meaning testosterone, estrogen, you know, it, there's a lot more that we look at and sleep is part of that. Stress, cortisol is part of that. Insulin is part of that. All these amazing hormones that are running through our bodies day to day, we're going to be able to look at, but we can do that through symptomatic feedback and asking the right questions. Then we take those labs and we match it with that. So there's two things. You got to have clinicians, you got to have functional reps, you got to have nutritionists that understand 
the whole ecosystem and and that's the symptomatic side but also understand how it's playing a role and effect in the biomarkers we do all that we have clinicians that are trained solely in this category of healthcare or medicine and then it's really important for the patient to sit back and be honest about those symptoms and assess that i mean if i ask a guy let's say uh we just met at a bar we hadn't had any drinks and i told him what i did and he, and, and he goes oh yeah i can tell you this i have never had any sex issues i get three drinks in that guy i promise you he's going man i don't i don't have the drive i had <laughs> so you got to you got to peel back that that first layer and be just honest and then we can really deep dive into your health and 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 assess things to to really help you live a better life to me it's not just sex. There's so many things that you just have to be honest about. Yeah. So, um, you, you, there are times where you would supply peptides to patients. Absolutely. I mean, we, so we, we have, you know, a portfolio of peptides. We have a portfolio of different hormones that we offer. We have a portfolio of different supplements, longevity treatments, anti-aging treatments, um, we can supplement with vitamins, uh, minerals, but w- w- the difference between us and, and, you know, supplement company A is we, we are really trying to find the root cause. We're really trying to find that through symptomatic feedback and then matching that with biomarker deficiencies. Mm-hmm. I just heard about peptides a month ago. Is this a, is this a new, <laughs> is this new, uh, new medicine or has it been around a while? both um there, there's a there's a there's a massive push but peptides have been around for decades uh the most widely consumed peptide is insulin insulin is also a hormone that's running through our body that we cannot live without but when you take it from an exogenous standpoint meaning outside of the body it becomes a peptide and you know it's 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 been around for i want to say 60 70 years in terms of how we utilize it now but the reality is peptides are something that's flowing through our body naturally right now. We have six, 7,000 different peptides flowing through us. And the, the push has been in the advancement of science and, and the understanding of it. Also in the anti-aging community, you know, there's there's a peptide that is rarely talked about as a peptide, but it is. And, the, and that's the Ozempics, the Manjaros, the Wagovis of the world that have taken the world by storm. Those are GLP-1 medications glucogen-like peptide is what that stands for uh and they've been they've been around for for a while i think i think as we advance we're realizing that peptides are very when done in the right setting and under supervision and coming from the right clinical partners compounding pharmacies and 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 big pharma um they're very safe and effective Mm. is it a pill form just supplement some of them can be uh, compounded or are broken down into trochees or pills, and uh, a lot of them are done in subcutaneous injections. And and the you know the schedule that just depends on the peptide. Like for example, take a GLP one medication, Ozempic, Manjaro, Wagovi. Those are typically once a week, where you look at certain growth hormones, secretagogues, or peptides, and those can be done five times a week, off two days, five times two days. It really just depends on the peptide itself. What are your thoughts on Ozempic? Let's take in storm.
Hey there, guys. It's Mike. You know, as I've delved deeper into how big institutional brands support world economic health agendas and push these woke ideologies, it's become glaringly obvious that our everyday purchases matter more than you think. If you're anything like me, you're tired of unintentionally supporting brands that don't align with our values. Imagine this. Every time you swipe your card, you're casting a vote. Not in a political booth, but in the marketplace. It's time we shift our support from giants like Clorox and Lysol to brands that truly resonate with us, the real people. Brands that understand our core values and beliefs. And that's where Sono comes in. Not only are they a brand you can stand behind, but they also provide quality products that every household uses and needs. We have Clorox canisters or 409 sprays around the house, right? But do we ever stop to think about where our money goes once we've made that purchase? Well, it's time to shake things up. Sono is offering every single listener of this podcast an unbeatable deal. You're getting 30% off plus free shipping if you're in California. All you have to do is use coupon code Mike at checkout. Head over to SonoWipes.com and look for the essential bundle. It's your golden ticket to try out all their amazing products. And trust me on this. Once you experience Sono's products, you'll wonder why you ever settled for the big brands. Together, we can create a movement, a movement that's already gaining momentum out there. Let's use our dollars wisely. Let's boycott brands that don't support our values. And let's support our friends, our families, and the future of our communities. Remember, every choice matters. Choose wisely. Choose Sono. Yeah, man. I think it's one of the best drugs that has ever actually landed in society. Wow. Um, I, I'm i probably in a... I think it's like a food porn almost to some extent that everybody's got to have an opinion on it. We have thousands of patients that are on it. We have seen life, life-changing results. I, I think there are good with it, and I think there's bad with it. I think what we've seen just firsthand is it's a remarkable therapy when done the right way. I think in any instance of any medication, when it has this type of results and, and effectiveness, it can also be overused and overprescribed. But the reality is, I don't think anybody can argue its efficacy. I think I think where people are, are misinterpreting this drug is why we're here and we have to identify the problem and we have a metabolically unhealthy society i mean over 70 percent of our country is overweight and obese what are we going to do just leave them hanging this is the first time in history that we have an fda approved drug specific for type 2 diabetes and medical weight loss that that is that is changing the world and I don't know why we wouldn't utilize it and I don't know why we wouldn't do it in a safe and, and, and good manner. And, and the result speaks for themselves. I think people are more mad that, that we're even in the situation and we're not acknowledging that. And I think you can trace that back to, you know, big foods and, and sick care and, and, you know, the, you know, the start of, you know, processing foods or, just us as individuals living more and more sedentary lifestyles, not, not being physically active, making poor decisions. And, uh, that, that I can, I can agree on, but, but you cannot argue the efficacy of this, this medication. How long has it been around Josh? I want to say we've had a proof. I, I don't know, but I, I want to say at least a, a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reality is most of these medications started off as a 
solution or a treatment for type 2 diabetes. They were not as widely known then. What ended up happening is through these clinical trials, we noticed a lot of different things. We noticed that their BMI was decreasing, their blood pressure was decreasing, their waist size or circumference was decreasing, but we also noticed that patients were losing a lot of weight, in some cases 15 to 20% of their body weight. That's when it really took a different turn. And, and that's when you started seeing things like Ozempic being prescribed off-label because it was originally prescribed, it was originally, you know, approved for type 2 diabetes, but all of a sudden people started realizing that there was an, also another indication, maybe it wasn't FDA approved, but there was another thing that was happening, people were losing weight. And I think personally, they go hand in hand. If you have a patient that's overweight and they're leading to obesity, they're inevitably going to be metabolically unhealthy and, and more than likely going to become type 2 diabetic. So to me, they go hand in hand. And then what ended up happening is, is these drug companies notice that at the same time and they got a different indication for it. So you look at Ozempic, for example, its sister drug is Wagovi. It's the same company. It's really damn near the same drug. They just now have an indication for it to prescribe it as a weight loss medication. Now you're seeing the same thing with Manjaro. They have a sister-like drug that is now for weight loss. Uh, what's its name? It's it's like a funny name. It just actually got approved like two weeks ago. Zeptide or something like that. I can't remember, but it, it's it it's a really fascinating space. I think you know when when we look back at it from you know 10, 15 years from now, there's going to be a lot of bad. There's going to be a lot of good with it. But from a revenue standpoint, these companies are, are just crushing it. Is it essentially just curbing your appetite? Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. It's allowing you to eat consciously is, is what I say. And I think one of the hardest things, and we've all been there about dieting, is just not having food on your mind all the time. Not, I mean, I've dieted, I've wrestled, I've cut weight. The reality is it's not easy. And especially when you're metabolically unhealthy, especially when your hunger hormones have been completely traumatized for years and years and years, your insulin levels are different. They're messed up. It's hard to diet. And what it's doing is it's just giving an edge to your appetite and it's slowing down the digestive tract so that you feel full longer. So that satiating factor is more effective. And are you pretty confident that there there will be no long term effects to the body? No, I, I, I'm not. Um, I'm pretty confident that the results that are happening now are real. Who knows what will happen in 20, 30, 40 years? We don't have enough evidence to do that, but we don't have a lot of evidence for any drug that does that. Even testosterone. I mean, people love to hate on what we don't know, and and it's not that we don't know. It just hasn't been clinically studied. I mean, we don't have a a large clinical study that says being on you know exogenous testosterone over 50 60 years is going to kill you but if i can tell you this if you've been put on it and you've been on it for 50 or 60 years you're doing something right what we do know is is having you know very very low uh, testosterone and very high testosterone it's symptomatically it's really bad but i don't know i i think when i look at it in just a very micro lens i know that the two leading causes of heart disease and cancer or obesity, I know if we can reduce that, we're going to have a healthier and and a more uh, promising longevity. Yeah. And like you said, though, too, MDs probably take advantage of some of this stuff, too. So they're supplying probably too much of 
one right to a patient. Maybe they don't need as much as they sometimes need, right? Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is is I kind of look at the manufacturer of this. Like they had so much data, they knew they knew this was going to be a blockbuster drug, especially when they started, you know, seeing it promoted and 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 prescribed off label, meaning not for type two diabetes. That they they should be somewhat held accountable too because the demand is off the charts for these and and the supply was was diminished and and what really ended up happening is you saw this uptick in off-label use and then the type 2 diabetic folks who were really in need of this and i could argue that an obese or overweight patient is in need of it just as much but type 2 diabetics were, were getting denied this because there was no supply so it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing, man. Uh, but but what you can't deny is that we just have a very unhealthy population. And ultimately, that is the catalyst for why this is prescribed so much. And MDs are prescribing this, right? Oh, yeah. So if they're yeah. going to, if they're going to, if they're taking, if a patient's taking four different medications for their high blood pressure, or diabetes, and so on and so forth, and they're getting them healthier, that's not what they want, right? You know, the right doctor would be finding more things to substitute to get to the root cause of it. Mm. I think, you know, when you're prescribing these medications, it's imperative to also prescribe and advocate on lifestyle, to advocate on exercise, to advocate on healthy diet, protein forward, one of the things that I think is malicious is when these are prescribed and there's no follow-up and there's no mm-hmm. parallel program that helps these patients actually make lifelong decisions that are going to better them. Some people will be on this therapy or medication the rest of their life because they will literally need it. But a lot of folks, if they make the right decisions through, it's like any, it's it's like testosterone. It's like, it's giving you an edge to make better decisions. And if you do that, if you take advantage of that, it will be a game-changing and life-changing thing. So that's what we try to do. I mean, you know, and that's why we built out this ecosystem to, 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 to offer supplements and labs and lifestyle things to accompany it because it's not just one thing. Yeah. A hey, high blood pressure and cholesterol, is that a genetic thing? Um, yes, it, it certainly can be, but it can also be something that can be mitigated through healthier habits. But you look at, uh, you know, we, we, we have a, a, an advisor, his name's Ben Beckman. He's, he's probably the foremost authority in, in metabolic disease and syndrome. It's definitely part of genetics, but it can also be altered and uh, mitigated through just healthier lifestyle choices. But the reality is you have to think about this. If you grow up in an unhealthy household, whether it's actually part of your DNA or not, Mm. that's part of it that's part of your genetic you know lifestyle i i mean it's like growing up in a in a you know a a household that is abusive you know there it's it's setting a a lifelong impact it's going to be so much harder to change when you're out of that house but there's that component as well so yes it is but it's something that can certainly be mitigated and it's one of those where they just hit you right you don't really feel the effects of cholesterol or or blood pressure at times and it could just just drop you can't it yeah i mean this is i i mean heart disease is is basically what what 
the eventual outcome is. And, and oftentimes heart disease is, is either a heart attack or death. Mm. Um, and, and, and sometimes there's literally no symptoms before that happens. But there is no doubt that there's a genetic component to that. But I can tell you, living an unhealthier life will, will make that fruition a lot more clear. If, if not, I mean, I, my brother-in-law, who's one of the healthiest individuals I know, I mean, the guy's built like a brick shit house. He played rugby at a high level. His dad had multiple heart attacks in his 40s, had, a, had two strokes. Last year, he, he literally went into cardiac arrest and died, and they brought him back to life. And this was after him running for hours with his son playing rugby. And, you know, the cardiologist was like, listen, man, he's just got a genetic deposition to plaque buildup. And he's one of the healthiest guys I've ever actually treated. In fact, the only reason he's still alive is because he's healthy. So there's no doubt there's a genetic component. But you got to make better lifestyle decisions to to mitigate that genetic component. Wow. What does a guy like that have to do to stay alive and not have strokes and Dude, cardiac arrest? Man, you know what's crazy? He's got four siblings, and uh, it was a light bulb moment for the rest of them because their father passed away the exact same way. I don't know what you can do, man. I... I you certainly aren't taking a preventative approach to going, I need to go get my, my, my arteries and my, my valves checked out. I can tell you what happened after that in the family is they did do that. And a lot of them got put on certain medications to mitigate that. But the reality is sometimes it's too late. I think you just have to be very cognizant of your familial history. You know, my dad had prostate cancer. My grandpa had pancreatic cancer. We have colon cancer. We have heart disease in our family. You got to be doing the right things at the ages that you should be doing it. Don't wait to get your your prostate checked. Don't wait to get your colon checked. Don't wait to go in and get it. Just a simple EKG. If you're noticing things are off or you live a, a, an unhealthy lifestyle, you got to at least do those things to, to get ahead of it. Let's talk about uh, testosterone. What are what are some symptoms or signs of uh, low T levels? Telltale signs: lack of sex drive, lack of mental drive, lack of physical drive, visceral fat, meaning you're packing on fat around your belly. A common thing is just just lethargic, lack of energy, feelings that have just kind of crept in and now are chronic, and they just have been there for a while lots of brain fog. The, the quickest thing to say is like, am, am I the same person I was five, 10 years ago? Um, and, and the aging process just happens. It's just part of life. And, but those are the most common symptoms that we see. And, and, you know, obviously there, there's different levels and severity of it. I mean, you could have a lack of sex drive, but still perform well when you're having sex. But if that appetite's not there to, to have it, that's, that's something that we would consider. You could have a sex drive, but then have erectile performance. That could be something that, that could be a contributing factor to it. What I will tell you is having optimal testosterone levels could change it all. And some don'ts, some don'ts to, um, to feed those, those low T levels. They, they say the phone is like one of the worst things, right? Yeah. I mean, potentially the physical, the aspect of the phone, but, but the addiction to the phone for mm -hmm. sure you got to live a healthy lifestyle and, and we preach that all the time. And, you know, you got to be making sure you're, you're putting the right foods in your body on a consistent basis. Foods are 
very much part of healthy and, and optimal hormones. You got to make sure you're getting good sleep. You know, the reality is nobody can really operate on a long period of time with less than eight hours of sleep. You got to be managing your stress levels to ensure that your cortisol levels are in check because cortisol is a, a hormone that is a massive antagonist to healthy testosterone. You got to be working out, physically working out. And we tell guys all the time, got to push some weight. You got to, muscles are good for mm -hmm. testosterone. It's a longevity thing. And if you're not doing that, it like we often see guys that are long distance runners that come in and they are a mess, you know, hormonally. A lot of them lack sex drive. Um, it's because they're not physically lifting weights. Their body has, has adapted to that long distance run and it's not actually good for hormones. Wow. What about plastic bottles? Yeah, drinking out of plastic bottles. Sure, man. Even Avoid if it's, them. Even if it's BPA free, does that mean anything? Well, that's different. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely that's better. Okay. But you know, like, I mean, look, I this is what I drink out of. I drink out of a Yeti every day. I got a Yeti water bottle. I got a Yeti coffee mug. That's mm -hmm. that's, and certainly don't take plastic into a sauna. It's not me saying this. It's it's studied. It's clinically proven that plastics are disrupting our hormones both male and female, you got to avoid it. It's, you know, and sometimes it's unavoidable, but I travel with my Yetis to the extent I, how much it's affected me personally. I have no clue, but clinically we know it's, it definitely disrupts hormones. The internet is a crazy place because you can Google, is coffee good for me? Yes. Is coffee <laughs> bad for me? Yes. So yes. it's, it's like a wild, wild area. And it, I, read that the sauna is not good for your testosterone, but then the sauna is good for your testosterone. Cold plunging is good for your testosterone. Cold plunging is not good for testosterone. I'm confused, man. What What's your take yeah. and opinion on this? Uh, I think I think both cold therapy and hot therapy are really good for testosterone. I think it probably depends on how you're using it, what you're using it for, how often you're using it, the frequency. But I also think about this and knowing that stress or cortisol is an antagonist to testosterone. We know that that's clinically proven. If you are getting a therapeutic benefit, serotonins, dopamines, cortisol, and I know this for a fact because we've done this with cold therapy. We've actually taken pre-cold therapy blood markers and post-cold therapy blood markers. We're going to do the same thing with the CSU sauna. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out just from a micro standpoint. So I know this affects those things. If those things are being regulated and improved, then it's ultimately going to improve your testosterone levels. Whether you see it in, in one or, or two snapshots, probably not. But over time, you're definitely going to see an improvement. Broad without broad question, without you seeing any of my numbers, where do you think my testosterone level should be? <laughs> uh, I, I think every guy should be somewhere between 700 and 1200. Holy smokes. And, 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 I, and I, think, I think it is different for every guy. And, I, and I'll break this down real quick. We've seen guys come into us that feel completely sluggish, lack of motivation, lack of sex drive in 800, 900. And we peel the onion back and we go, holy shit, you have an amazing total testosterone. Like we typically would not treat somebody who came in like that. But then we look at their free testosterone, their, their, their testosterone that is unbound that they can actually use. And it's like five, six, mm -hmm. eight. Well, that needs to be addressed too. So 
it's not always just a total testosterone number. There's other things that go into it, such as symptoms. We've had guys come to us that are like, man, I feel like a million bucks. I, I've never felt better. And, and it could be from a diet change. It can be from all of a sudden they're getting better sleep. But their testosterone levels from a clinical standpoint, from a biomarker standpoint, aren't really that optimal. We won't do anything. There's nothing to do. I mean, if you feel good, you look good. And, and that's the most important thing. But oftentimes, the suboptimal biomarker score usually means there's something else going on. Mm. Usually. But it's not always the case. Not sure if you follow Gary Brecka or not. But. I do. I, I do. Um, I, I, I've been on to him for a while. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with him. So he does the gene test, right? Yeah. Is this something similar yeah. to what you guys are doing? So no, yes and no. Okay. Um, we've looked at genetic testing. I've been around genetic testing because of medical devices for the last 11 years. And it really started off with pharmacogenetics from my personal standpoint, where we were trying to understand drugs and how they metabolize in, in the body. And, and that's a really interesting subject. Like if, if a pain doctor is giving you an opiate, you should know how it metabolizes. It's now far different than what it is. And, you know, what he's really looking at is like epigenetics and I, the, the difference of what we do uh, from a, a DNA test or a genetic test to a blood test is you're, you're born with those that, that set of genes. That's not changing. I mean, you can improve some of the symptoms or reduce some of the symptoms that might go along with those genes, but you're not changing those. When we're looking at biomarkers, we're looking at what is going on at the body at that one time. Those biomarkers, you can you can change, you can improve, you can go the opposite way and, and have worse biomarkers, but those are values that can improve over time where your DNA is just not going to change. Your symptoms from that can change by making different decisions, and that's what you're seeing with a, a handful of companies. They're looking at your DNA markers, and they're just saying, hey, we're going to put you on this supplement because we know you have this genetic deposition for this, but Truly, what you still need to do is back it up with biomarker data. So that's blood. So your supplements would be your Bs, your Ds, your Ks, your omega threes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I get our daily supplement pack or smart supplements as the basics. Do the basics really well. Like it's like a football game, right? You got to you got to block and you got to tackle. Those are the basics, but those are what ultimately wins a game. You don't got to do anything fancy here to improve the body, especially when you're doing it with precision, especially when you're looking at biomarkers and saying, we're going to attack this at the root cause. If you're deficient in B, B vitamins, why the hell would we not give you a B vitamin? But why take it if you're actually good on it? The same thing with vitamin D, the same thing with so many other different biomarkers. And what I can tell you is, is firsthand, I've seen it, but the response we've gotten from the smart supplements and just the, the symptomatic improvement has been incredible. And, and now we're finally starting to see a lot of the biomarker data come in. We're seeing guys' testosterone levels improve by 20, 30% by just supplementing the right way. Without actually taking testosterone? Yep. Wait, um, dude, I got to tell you, man, it, sh it shocked the shit out of me. It, it, a lot of things. But even lipid panels, CVCs, complete metabolic panel. A lot of other, you know, C-reactive protein, cortisol levels, a lot of other markers are, are just improving with it. Have you ever seen a perfect blood panel where you're like, man, you, no. don't, you don't need a thing? Seen really good. 
um, but never seen a perfect one. We've seen we've seen some where you're like, holy shit, is this real? Because it's been very good. But there's always, almost every, in every instance, there there's some type of suboptimal blood marker. Do you feel like the blood panels are as good as a physical? It depends. I think they're better in most cases. I you know I I think. I look at the physical health of some of our patients from an outside perspective. Like if you just looked at them and you said, damn, they're fit. I think that's a good way to, to like look at it. But then you do a blood panel on them and sometimes they're completely a mess. Yeah. Underlying big issues going on. We've seen inflammation. We've seen cortisol levels that are just completely like borderline. You're going to have a fucking heart attack type shit. And you realize they're just putting so much physical and mental stress. So I think if you really want to try to get to the underlying issues or root cause of something, blood is, is to me, it is the gold standard. But it doesn't mean that you can't you, and you shouldn't accompany it with a, a, a hands-on physical. But I've gone to, I mean, we've all gone to a doctor and, and, and we've had our, I mean, at least I've, I've had a handful of physicals and I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels like, um, a little bit of going through the motions to some extent and you know as you age you start te- checking different things but truly if you want to look under the hood and understand what the hell is going on blood is the way mm. josh i'm skinny fat man like i can't get rid <laughs> of this gut i'm working out four or five times a week but i love my yeah, food man. i love my food during the week i'm i'm pretty good weekends come and i shift I've, you know, there's widespread diets out there, how to eat, Atkins, vegan, carnivore. In your opinion and your research, which do you feel is best or does it have to do with really what you want to see under the hood? Uh, I think it's both. We, we have this, this issue a lot with guys. I would say you, you definitely want to start looking at your testosterone levels because what people don't understand about testosterone is it, it, I, don't, I don't consider it a weight loss drug. I consider it a lean muscle mass drug. So what it can do is it can take that fat and can turn it into lean muscle mass. And you might weigh the same or you might even gain weight, but your physique will change with that. I mean, your shoulders will get bigger, your chest will get bigger. You'll trim out in the midsection. That's why oftentimes you see that issue, that skinny fat issue or or guys packing belly weight. A lot of times it could be diet, but a lot of times it could be a sign of low T or like early onset of low T. Not even saying you need to do anything with it, but you know, I will tell you, I, I've done diets myself. I've seen success uh, with a lot of them. The the best diet is the diet that you're going to be the most consistent with. And you know, if you're if you're going, you know, carnivore, stick with it. If you're if you're going like a balanced diet, stick with it. If you're doing Atkins for Christ's sake, stick with it. The, the the biggest issue is when people flip flop or they or they do something they don't see the results and then they go right back to their old habits. But the the most consistent diet is going to be the most successful one. I will tell you this: after many many years of wrestling and cutting weight, the only way I lose weight is by consuming less calories and I'm burning. Period. Yeah, same. Exactly. Same for me too. That's I found the same. Um, all intermittent fast. But typically, it's same for me, man. I, I'm putting I'm putting less calories in, and I and I see the I see the difference. A couple more, we'll let you go. Blokes, where yep. the name where the name come from, by the way? <laughs> um, I, I didn't want this company to be a meathead company that just sounded like you know testosterone. This I, I I also thought at the time 
we needed to bring a different approach to this space, like a little bit more of a cheeky approach while also not losing the clinical side of it. And, and I think that name kind of embodies it. And, um, you know, from a business perspective, it's, it's never easy naming a business. And then you've got to start looking at URLs and, and all that good stuff. But it's one I'm very happy with because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to call it that. And, and, you know, a little bit about me, I played rugby at a very high level and uh, I was around a lot of, you know, Kiwis and Aussies and South Africans and English guys and blokes is just a common word that we used. And it kind of made sense for this business. Hmm. So step one, people go on blokes.co, right? Co. CO. Yep. And they sign up for either one of those packages and then what happens? A nurse shows up to their house and, and draws their blood? Yeah, if they if they want to pay the small additional fee, it's like 100 extra bucks to do that. And if they're in the geography, we can do that. If not, we can send them to a LabCorp request. I mean, we, we are contracted with those two uh, amazing lab companies. And then depending on which actual blood result or test they do, results can, have, can come back to us in anywhere from 72 hours to a week. Uh, and then once that happens, you're, you're kind of in the, the green zone. You're going to be meeting with a coach. You're going to be meeting with a clinician and you're going to be talking about your symptoms, your goals, your needs, where you're at as an individual, and then how we improve that. And, uh, sometimes it's intervention like, Hey, this will be a good supplement for you to take. Uh, you're, you're pretty healthy, but this might improve you. And sometimes it can be intervention all the way up to testosterone replacement. And you don't cater just to men. You cater to women as well. We, we do. We have a sister line called Joy, J-O-I. And, uh, you know, that was born out of my wife's personal struggles with health and mm. miscarriages and, and uh, you know, our system. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about men me- being neglected in terms of this, this space, the, the longevity and anti-aging space, women have been equally, if not more, neglected. Um, so it's the, the, the perimenopause, the menopause movement women trying to understand their hormones even at young ages especially coming off of birth control is something that's happening it's a movement how long do people typically feel a difference um depending on the therapy i mean a lot of times we'll get feedback that they're feeling something in a week or two Mm. to most of these therapies to set its course you know we would say no less than 90 days up to six months before you're really achieving that optimal results i mean and, and some of them are longer you know, let's say we have a patient that's overweight, that's got 60, 70 pounds to lose, and we put them on a GLP-1 medication. We're also trying to optimize and balance their hormones at the same time. I mean, that's that's a that's a year, year and a half, two-year project if you're doing it the right way. I mean, you don't want somebody to get on Ozempic and all of a sudden they just feel like shit, they're nauseous, but guess what? They're losing weight. You, you really want to guide them through that journey to, to live a, a healthier life. And do you have a specific person that's kind of on on your patient and who's following up with the patient and and they're talking weekly or monthly? Yeah, it, the cadence is set by the therapy. Some therapies require more touch points. But what I will tell you is we pride ourselves on the service side of what we do. We're probably too service forward and and, and it bogs us down from time to time. But we, we we have an open line with our patients, which most doctors and clinics will never do. But we, we feel that, you know, if they need to text us randomly, we'll answer a text. If they need to email us, we'll, we'll, we'll email them back. If, uh, if it requires a consultation, even though it's maybe outside of the protocol, we'll do that. I mean, we're here to just get people better. 
You know, uh, I have a pet peeve, and it's when people age and they think they uh, there's no option for feeling good. I I hate that so much. They're Mike. I wait till you turn thirty. Wait till you turn forty. Your body's gonna change. Oh man, I'm too old to do this. I'm too old. I. I hate it, man. I hate it because there's evidence of people like like Mark Wahlberg. I saw him the other day doing yeah. a cold plunge. The dude is ripped and he's got to be ripped, in his 50s. Bro. And why can't anybody else Always. be like that? What's your excuse to not look like that? There, there isn't, man. Um, it's funny. I, I look at like pictures of my parents and my grandparents when they were my age. And I'm like, holy shit, you got to take care of yourself. And whether you agree that aging is a disease or not, things start to happen as you age, whether it's autoimmune issues, cancer, heart disease, insulin resistance, you got to take care of yourself and do the basics well. Josh, I promise a couple more. Um, what's your day-to-day like? Fuck, man. I'm up at 5.30 every morning because I have two kids <laughs> that wake me up no matter what. The, the night before was like some days are harder than others, but I'm usually up. I make them breakfast. I get them off to school at seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock. I drop my daughter off every day. We have a little chat on the way to school, which is always fun. And then I, a year and a half ago, I demanded that I block time off for exercise. So I'm exercising no less than five times a week. And, and it depends, but like this morning I went for four mile jog you know, I, I dropped my daughter off and I went right to the jog and then I started working and then, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's all business till, you know, five, five thirty, and back to the kids. Yeah. I'm a full-time dad, man. And awesome. I'm a full-time dad. I'm a full-time founder entrepreneur. And occasionally my wife and I, we, 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 we make sure that every Thursday night we have a mandatory date night just so we can connect. My wife and I also work out twice at least together a week, and that's become part of our, I guess, our, our healthy sexual life too, like just, just the bonding and connecting. And then we try to at least uh, once a week, weekend, get a sitter in for four hours and, and just go do something, even if it's just catching up on work, emails, and just bonding. Very cool. What's your go-to breakfast? Eggs. Eggs. Yeah. I eat eggs damn near every day. Yeah. Um, I'm on a hard boiled kick right now. Whole foods. Uh, I'm a sucker for the hard boiled packages. It's so easy. And I, and I just throw some salt and pepper and uh, a little bit of hot sauce on it. Yeah. Great, great for hormones, great for healthy uh, habits. And, and it's got a good amount of protein that, that keeps me full and it's healthy. Yeah. Josh, uh, talking to you, we all know that health is number one. A lot of the times people know that, but they don't want to take it serious or they, uh, they just think it's not a big deal. Why should people put their health in your hands? That's a good question, man. You know, I, I feel like I'm the, my pillow guy and, and, and the fact that I'm a user of this stuff, man. And I'm out preaching about it. Like I will get on my soapbox. I will go toe to toe with any primary care doc and any internal med doc about our therapies and its efficacy. And I will use them at the same time. And there's nothing on our menu of options that I have not tried. That's a fact. And uh, whether I take it on a regular basis is, is, is not the case, but there's nothing on there that I have found to be ineffective. It just depends on the patient. So 
I think that speaks volumes to it. So it kind of makes me like to my pillow guy. Yeah. And you're the model, 50 pounds lighter. You're looking at your panels. I'm sure all the time you're the model. I am taking the supplements. So you're the face. Yeah, man. I'm, it's good and bad. When I first started this company, I was like, damn, I, <laughs> I'm out here trying to preach about health and look at me. Like I, I, I've done some before afters. It didn't look good. And I'm like, I need to start holding myself to a different standard if I'm going to start talking about this. So, you know, it's, it's been slowly, but surely, you know, creating the, the better Josh. And, you know, sometimes it, it, I put it out there and, you know, it's, it, it's a level of vulnerability that I probably never had, but I'm also fine talking about it to improve others. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate this. Is there any questions that I missed that I should have asked you? No, man. I, I mean, listen, I, the, the best choice I ever did was prioritizing my health to, if it wasn't even for me, it was for my kids and my wife. And, you know, don't, don't wait till something has to hit you in the face and our loved one passes away to, to, to prioritize your health. Just do it. And one step at a time, man, just, uh, I mean, I look at my, my evolution of working out a year ago to where it's at now. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in better shape than, than I was in my mid twenties. And, and it's a fucking amazing feeling. It really is, man. When you're connected, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. People don't understand it, but when you're connect, when everything is just feels connected, it's the best feeling in the world. And then when you look at yeah. a chocolate chip cookie or a brownie and ice cream, and you say, no, thanks. I'm good. Cause my yeah. body doesn't want it. It's the best yep. feeling in the world, man. Got to take care of your health, man. Like we said, we're, we're always concerned about our health when it's too late. Most of the time, we're putting stuff in our bodies all the time and wonder why we're not operating on all cylinders. We put trash in our body all the time and wonder why our skins don't look good or we don't have the energy anymore. And again, I, I hate I hate the wait till you're 30, 40, 50, 60. There's too many people out there living their best life, living on all cylinders. There's no excuse for us not to be that way as well. And this is one way of doing it. Finding out how your engine is being ran. Get under the hood. What am I eating that's bad? What should I be putting down? What kind of supplements do I need? My D levels are low. My B levels are low. My K's are high. You, you just, you, you got to find out. Like your blood panel is going to tell you how your body is running and operating. So I think it's a great way of finding out, turning your turning your life around. It's life is stressful, and more times than not, we we are living on the go. But life becomes less stressful when you're taking care of your body. It's really how it works because you have the energy and focus to worry about the stressful things, and they become less stressful. So blokes.co promo code Mike for ten percent off. Again, link in the show notes. That was episode 101. Thank you for making me a part of your day. I am Mike Gabriel. Until next time, folks, this is Mike the Pod. No wasted days. Let's go. Let's go.